Hey guys, it's us again. Another episode of Life of the Lost. I'm Sam. And I'm Megan. And we are the two people here to sit with you and talk to you about our life's journey and everything we find interesting in this world that we live in. Before we get started, uh, this week's episode is sponsored by Brown Lab Media. Brown Lab Media is a creative community helping to promote and create original content, personal brands, businesses, or anything media-related by people of color. So if you have a chance, feel free to check them out. The link is www.brownlabmedia.com. And I definitely would like to see more people who look like me starting really dope, amazing businesses because I think that if you come from this part of the world, you probably want that too. Something about seeing somebody, you know, on the silver screen or you know, on the magazines of like pioneers of like this new cutting edge, you know, company. Um, and just seeing somebody looks like me is just really inspiring. Just want to, just want to say that. <laughs> no, it's a good point. Especially, you know, when you're a kid and you look up to, you look up to people and you look up to actors and things. And I'm just thinking about yours. You know, oh, the they're people all you, white. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Could not relate. Um, anyways, speaking of that divide, um, that kind of goes into this week's episode. Yeah? Yeah, so we've been talking about my trip down to Peru to meet, uh, not to meet, I already had met my birth family, but to stay with them to kind of, for me to find some kind of like piece of identity I felt like was missing. And last week we kind of went into talking a little bit about how I was wondering if I could ever find myself. I went down to Peru, felt like I couldn't really relate to them even though I really wanted to, I kind of wanted to find this sense of belonging because they were my birth family, um, but it just kind of created some turmoil. That was last week's episode. And this week, I kind of wanted to get into my time at the hospital, but more specifically, the first day at the hospital. And so if you've been following along, you know that I was volunteering for Smile Network International, and they are they go to third world countries and they help fix kids' cleft lips and palates and do surgery all for free and so they have this group of doctors and nurses and volunteers who come down with them and I was volunteering with them at the time so while I was there I was in a hospital first of all I was in a hospital and I was kind of obviously you're you know so used to the United States and how those things are run and I'll get into that another time and like the the craziness that I experienced there they're American doctors yes yeah I wonder how they'd feel about that has American doctors and surgeons. Yeah, but I don't think they really had any... I mean, they had, like, help with people giving them... Um, I was in on a surgery, so it was very interesting. But I don't know. They didn't have any help from the Peruvians. So it was kind of like they just kind of took over this section, this operating room. That's so strange. Room. I don't know. It's like, It's like me coming like building a huge like music studio in like a room and having it all nice and then me doing community service and helping smaller like artists create something in their room and i'm like oh do you have um well they brought everything though you have a they brought all the tools uh even the big things i don't know what wait what is her, i, don't I mean know. i what i'm thinking like big like no i mean this is cleft lips and palate so it's more like cosmetic surgery so it's oh, not nothing like limbs or like anything crazy i suppose yeah maybe sorry my like warped <laughs> version of what like surgery is i don't even honestly i don't think i've seen a serious like 
surgery room in, in the United States in general, other than movies. The so pretty I don't even really. I don't even know how. Well, I guess it. I've been in a surgery room, so. Is that what it's called? Operating room. Uh, but weren't you asleep by that time? No, no. I went in for the second surgery. And the second surgery, they did not knock me out before I got in there, which was horrible. And I was so Ooh. frustrated because they're like, oh, yeah, like, here we are. And I'm just, it was an unexpected second surgery that I ended up having. And I was in this room and it's just, I don't know. I don't think I really paid attention to movies and being in operating rooms. But once I was in there, it was just so... Uh, sterile and creepy and the bed was so you know the silver pretty much operating table you know mm -hmm. it's nothing cushy and you just i sat on there and i and i laid down and i'm just like oh god there is this giant light above me that circular light that you probably see in movies and everything seemed like it was so far away from the bed maybe i was just having like an anxiety attack but everything felt like it was so far away it felt like this giant room and i'm just the center of attention it was just so creepy and of course yeah then i'm like all right can can somebody can somebody like knock me out now because i did not like i had to walk in there and get on the bed by myself i did not like that just knock me out beforehand just jesus anyways it yeah. wasn't it wasn't anything like that this was uh, kind of going back to my first day being there. I remember talking to my mom and my brother. And I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to go volunteer at the hospital. Like, I'll let you know when I'm ready, and then you can come get me. And so I, the reason I'm kind of, like, nervous talking about it is because I might have not clarified as, as much as I should have. I might have just... You know, we don't, like, there's this giant language barrier. So I can see where problems, where specific problems kind of arise from this situation that I'm about to tell you about. Anyways, I told them, let you know when you can come get me at the hospital. And your family. Yeah. So okay. I had left by myself, which was a, a big adventure for me because I had never really left anywhere by myself, left my family in Peru to go somewhere. So that was nice. Kind of got to get out felt like a little bit free but when i got there that's so interesting how like i don't know i'm just trying to put myself in your yeah. shoes i don't i would not want to live with my family like if i'm doing like the like if i'm going to the hospital it's yeah. like so i have to like tell you guys that i'm leaving was, um, man i just want a hotel Where, where's the hotel i'm staying in a hotel i'll see them I'll, I'll hang out with them like a few times a day and um i'll re always retreat back to my hotel yeah. where i can you know, it was uncomfortable to say the least, like because <laughs> I'm trying to explain it the best way I can. But it was it's that dynamic of I just came from the United States. I'm staying with my family. I'm also going to see people from the United States and they're staying in this really nice hotel. And I was just trying to find a sense of comfort. And when I was with them, when I was volunteering, it was that was my sense of comfort. Just talking to people who, who could understand me and I could understand them and. You know, th there wasn't that much of this barrier. So, mm -hmm. it like, I'm talking about this and I'm kind of, like, stopping and stuttering. It's because it was a it was a very nerve-wracking time for me. So when I told them, like, hey, I'm leaving, I'm going to the hospital, don't come. Like, I will let you know when you can come and pick me up to take me back home. And, yeah, even saying that is interesting, right? I was 24, I think, at the time. So, I don't know, I was kind of used to that. You know, my mom's kind of protective in Minnesota, so... It's one of those, like, text me when you get there kind of thing. Yeah. So it's not like that was too uncomfortable, but the uncomfortable part happened when I was at the hospital, and there was about four hours left in my shift. I could leave whenever I wanted. This was volunteer-based. I didn't have to be there, but out of the corner of my eye, 
I see my mom and my brother show up. And they were in the waiting room. First off, I didn't want them to be anywhere near me. And this is going to sound weird, but I wanted to just be able to... I wanted to be there because I could attribute something to this cause. I already had kind of got in because my my dad's cousin is the founder right, of Smile Network. So I felt like I needed to prove myself. I wasn't just going to kind of slip and slide and just come and, and say hey and eat their food and just watch you know, the volunteers work. No, I wanted to be like in the fire. I wanted to be a part of everything. And so when I saw my family there, I was like, shit, it is not time for me to go. It is not like you should not be here right now. So I just kind of like was like, all right, just trying to gather my thoughts. I just kept going up and down the stairs. There was a broken elevator at the time. So we're just going up and down the fifth floor back and forth. Um, And there's this time I was going down the stairs and I was bombarded by three women. And you know when you've seen like three angry women, they were just waiting for me like a half circle at the bottom of the stairs, just waiting for me to get to the bottom one. And I was like looking like, is there somebody behind me? What's happening? And they're pissed. And they were asking me questions like, do do you know your mom's here? Do you know your family's here? Do Do you not care? They just, they just, I couldn't answer. I couldn't answer anything they were saying because anytime I tried to say something, I was just digging myself in a bigger hole. And one of the things I highlighted in my notebook that I wanted to read is just kind of something they told me and they just said just because you're from the United States doesn't mean that you can't show that you love your mom like you're so spoiled you act like you don't need to mind the feelings of anyone you don't even understand the difference between the cultures you'll never understand now because you don't care you don't want to learn about the way of life here you need to respect your mom and leave now because she's been waiting here for you and oh I just I was so angry because I'm like, duh, like that's why I'm in Peru because I didn't grow up Peruvian. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I Things are so different. I didn't want to cause problems. It was just this gigantic like mess I had gotten myself into and I couldn't get myself out and it was just like a nightmare. You're just sitting there and people are just bombarding you and yelling at you about something you know but you don't know how to like address and it's it was just so uncomfortable for me because I'm just kind of like, what? what am I supposed to do? Like, I, I I, had, you know, made an obligation to be there for four more hours. I don't want to be disrespectful to my mom and my brother. I understand they're here. I don't, I don't know what to do. And so I had asked somebody to kind of translate this situation to my mom and my brother. They were pissed. They, I, I felt like they were pissed off at me. It was very awkward. It was very uncomfortable. So I had just gone into mm. my mom and my brother. I feel like I'm just kind of like running through this story because I'm so nervous about it. I still feel those scary feelings. It was so uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I'm like again, again a little lost just because um, I'm I'm hearing like the root of the story, but like it's when it's I guess when names aren't repeated yeah. over and over again. You're right. You're like right. my brother said this, my family said this. Um, then like for instance, like one thing that stuck out to me is when. You were saying, you know, like, respect your mom and leave. You've got two very important words, which is leave now with her. Oh, you're right. So if I didn't hear with her, I'm like, leave. Where am I? Where are you going to go? Yeah. You're not going to go. Like, what? You're gonna, I don't get it. Yeah. It, 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 that, that hook of, like, what makes <laughs> it, like, solidified is, like, leave with your mom. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
sitting with your mom, but oh, but you're still working here. But oh, okay, yeah. Instead of like just, I know I'm like rushing it because I'm so like it was just such an uncomfortable feeling, and because I think if you remember back, uh, like in one of the very first episodes, I got bombarded when I was in junior high about being like a fake. Um, Hispanic or a fake Peruvian mm. and it was like literally the same situation I was walking down the stairs and these girls kind of bombarded me and just kind of bullied me and tried to put me in my place and then for this thing to happen again it's just like PTSD like why is this happening why are stairs involved like I don't know so I apologize for rushing through it so fast but it was just a moment that I was I was just very frustrated about and felt like I couldn't really relate to anybody at the time because nobody was going through the weird experience I was of having my family, having my birth family there while you're trying to juggle something else. And so I had gone into this break room where they had snacks and I had just kind of like just started like crying and like eating my snack and somebody had come and and I had just kind of unloaded and told them everything that happened and a few people were there and they were you know giving me support and one of the women she spoke Spanish and her boyfriend at the time spoke Spanish too he was Peruvian he's like who are these women yelling at you and I was like I don't remember I I knew who they were but I didn't want to say anything because I don't I don't want problems like I'm scared. This is my first day working here. I don't want to be remembered as this girl who's just crying because she's a baby. Like, so I just kind of just was like hugging um, my friend, just like crying. And then like a minute later, he kind of just rushed out the doors and he's like, I'm going to find these people. And my anxiety is just like, no, just wait. Just like, don't. It's okay. Like, just let these people be these people. They don't understand my situation. I barely understand my situation. And, um, it was just a mess. I eventually, like, I don't know why I'm shaking. I'm just like, oh, God. I, it was just, a, like, a nervous, like, maybe I haven't talked about this since. But I I ended up leaving with my mom and my brother because I was just kind of like, let's, like, try to, like, resolve this situation. I went on the bus back home with them, and I didn't talk to them at all. I was so scared because I had never had somebody. I My mom had never been mad at me before nor my brother, so I'm, I'm walking into this foreign family where my, my adopted family, ah, we've been mad at each other plenty of times, we've had plenty of fights, plenty of disagreements, where I can tell what they're going to do when they're angry, right, well, kind of, but this, this is a totally different environment, and I'm walking into, and I have no idea what my mom's level of anger is going to be when I get home, what my brother's thinking, they know I'm obviously upset. I was crying all the way home. <laughs> like, but no one explained that to them, what you were doing? They did, but I don't... The problem is, like, there's just... So much gets lost in translation. Like, so much gets lost. It's like... I also didn't want to cause a scene. Like, they were literally in the waiting room with the, with the kids who were getting checked to see if they can have surgery. So I w- felt so... I'm, like, shaking... I felt so much pressure to have them mm. just not be there, just not cause like this giant problem. And I don't know, I don't know. It was just, it was uncomfortable. And I, like, I don't know. But anyways, like I had gotten home and I had just, <laughs> I had just closed my door and I was just like, please just don't, 
nobody comes to say anything like i'm scared and my sister ended up coming in and i was trying to tell her the situation we were we were talking on her laptop and it was kind of just a google translate thing and i was telling her what happened and she was like oh my god and she's crying and i'm crying and we're talking over this computer and it was just kind of <laughs> it was so stressful and i don't know i just it was just a mess <laughs> seems like uh overcomplication of emotions completely with everybody on the none same. of this needed to happen at all none of it none Just of like it four, i overcomplicated it three more of you yes and how crazy and over oh like God. Uh, i'm feeling uh <laughs> my heart's starting to hurt right now like i don't know i guess like i said i'm trying to do my best at explaining this but i i guess i did move super fast in talking about it but for me just having these, like I said, I, I'm trying, to, I, my whole purpose of going down there was to try to find my place. And each time I felt like I was kind of finding my place, I felt like I was just plant. And I was kind of, my seeds were kind of getting planted and, and watered. And I'm finally like sprouting up, like showing my worth, showing that like I can contribute to some kind of cause. And then all of a sudden, like somebody just rips me out and is just like, no, you can't, you can't be there. And so, I mean, even even just sitting there, you know, when, when parents are asking a bunch of questions because they're worrying about their kids going into surgeries, and me, they're talking a million miles per hour, and I'm trying to, like, just let them know, like, hey, I don't speak Spanish. So that, like, automatically segregates me from them, and I'm trying to help them, and it's just, you know, everybody assumes you spoke Spanish, like, I spoke Spanish down there, so that first day was just such a whirlwind of feeling like there's no you are never gonna fit in anywhere like you're just you're just you're stuck and so maybe that's why like i'm all like nervous about it because it was just so uh emotional and like such a weird feeling like feeling like you can't that you're not gonna fit in anywhere it's like a feeling that always like crashes on me like waves i always think about it differently in certain times of my life, but I think more recently, like even up to this moment right now of you talking about it, which is reminding me of it is that, you know, I'm not, I'm like different. Like I can't, I'll never, I'll never kind of be like my family because I don't have the same skin color as them. And as superficial as that might be, it's the very big elephant in the room, which is because of that, I just don't, fit in physically and obviously when it comes to I fit in everywhere else in another culture that I just do not understand at all to a certain extent I mean I appreciate it I, I love that kind of culture the one thing I love about that culture which is I guess one thing I'm grateful about it is like you were touching on is a little bit which is just like the emotion the, the very like I mean it's it's not subjected to the specific family that I've been I've been thinking about it I mean there are some people in my extended family who I felt that in the past mm-hmm. who I had no business feeling but I did and what I, do you mean um uh like uh, a family member that was a lot closer to me at a certain point in my life that in retrospect is a family member that I no longer uh, talk to anymore 
because they have uh, excommunicadoed me in their life. Um, I wonder if you know who I'm referencing. I, I'm being I very unspecific, but but there was this one period where I was in a very like bad place in a specific event, one specific event, not in pe- like a period of time, just mm-hmm. one specific event where I was in a very bad place, and I just felt like the level of depth of their feelings matched mine. Mm. And it was very interesting. I don't know what to make what to make of it, but all I know is that I can relate that strong um, potency of like just raw feelings. What I've also come to realize is that you can, no matter how much feelings, no matter how deep you can feel, no matter how like, remorseful or like how much love you can feel or hate you can feel or sadness you can feel it's all about like how you are able to express it because you are nothing without your forms of expression Mm -hmm. like like Shakespeare like he's not from that place but you know not limited to the depth of feeling but like Shakespeare is a beautiful example of somebody who can articulate their emotions Mm -hmm. into beautiful pieces of artwork that people can understand and appreciate it's not that nobody has those feelings of Shakespeare thoughts of stories of Shakespeare's stories that he makes but it's how he's able to write them that creates him above all the rest because of his understanding Mm -hmm. of his feelings you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, no, absolutely. So and I think that's kind of where... That's where it limits a lot of people, like maybe like your your mom in Peru or maybe like my family or maybe other Hispanic families because what I've noticed is that they're very loving and they're very emotional, but they don't say it. They don't, they don't have these forms of communication where they can properly express the reasons why they love certain things or why they're very hurt. It's just it is. And they mm-hmm. put up this very interesting front mm-hmm. to kind of deny those feelings even though they're very much there and it's like i mean i don't know what to make of that but all i can say bring it back to my point is that that's one of the reasons why i am appreciative of where i come from because i feel like those feelings are rooted back into the culture that i was born from even though i didn't grow up like them i still have some of that blood in me and i think that some of that is that very pure depth of feeling I don't know, maybe that's even more spiritual to the specific, you know, ancient civilizations that we derive from, whether it's like Mexican civilizations or Central American civilizations or South American civilizations. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just it's just interesting. Sorry, I just was wanting to say that. Yeah, no, it makes sense to um, to kind of have that outlet of how you handle your emotions right i didn't i did not do a good job at handling them at all like you said it was just this giant this giant ball that just kept getting it just kept unwinding and unwinding and unwinding and you want to know the outcome of that nothing nothing happened because i got home when i told my sister and then I'm sure she had it talk with my brother or my mom, whatever the case. But it felt like it just kind of got shoved under a rug. And the next day we pretended nothing happened. Obviously, they did not come pick me up because I decided from there on out I would be more, a little bit more in control. And I learned how to take the buses back and forth. Um, but it's just like for what? Like that, that, that seriously, like 
ridiculous time that still has such an effect on me right now and trying to just kind of find an outlet for it and I think that now like growing up I have like I'm have a better way at navigating it but it's just like thinking back to that time where I just would just suppress everything I think that's why it just made me like start literally shaking right now is because it was just such a a weird time where I didn't know what to do and I, I was just in such fear of offending somebody or I just guess it just goes back on trying to make everybody happy all the time and knowing that it's just impossible and so much so you just bottle this up and you just become this mess and so I think it was just a little bit of everything back then and I'm glad I'm not there right now yeah no I think a lot of uh, a lot of the things that you struggle with I think are stemmed from that idea that you have of trying to make everybody happy yeah it's not sure where you solidified that idea in your head at a certain point in time but it's interesting how you know you've it's just I can feel it like yeah. when you get into these moments so in the past you know you're just like oh my goodness <laughs> like all like it's just like lit- it's like I could it's like somebody trying to control a sandcastle and it's literally just blowing away and you are literally so in such a belief that you can make it stay Mm -hmm. but you know everyone (laughs) sees it's going Mm -hmm. but you're like and you're invested too now now you're invested now it has to stay and then you know it's gone so then it's just like oh man and then when that falls apart it's like Another, like, overwhelming amount of feelings. And, I mean, it stems back from childhood. Just from, like, my parents fighting a lot and wanting to make sure that I'm, like, keeping it together. But, obviously, like, we know, you know, you grow up, you realize, like, kids aren't going to keep it together. And it's hard watching a kid think that they're, like, thinking back to myself. I'm sure, I don't even know if they realize at the time. I mean, I'm sure they did to an extent, just realizing that, I was just trying to, like, hold this frame together, even though, like, I don't even know what I was doing. I don't know what they were necessarily fighting about. I was just trying to make sure that they they were both happy. And obviously, like, I couldn't do anything back then. Um, but that's kind of where it stems from is just this whole, like, trying to hold the sandcastle together while the winds are just, like, coming in and everything's falling apart. And, you know, it just, that's, it doesn't work. No, I, I, t- I completely understand. It's, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Um, I feel like I'm a little the opposite. I don't know. What one thing I struggle. My my communication definitely struggled a lot when I was younger. Me ex- explaining to people why I was the way I am. Like you know why I was feeling angry or upset. And I don't know why that was. I don't know why I couldn't do that. I guess because I didn't want somebody to... It's a scary thing. No, I was right. They were right. Like, I was ah. right. I was right, right? Like, it's like if I'm saying I'm sad, and they're like, I know, I know. No, you don't. No, I'm not I'm not sad anymore. You know, it's like... You <laughs> know, it's like that, that little, Stubborn. like, kid thing. Yeah, and... Yeah, I'm happy that, you know, maybe uh, I don't do that anymore. Or I try not to. Yeah. No, I think you do a good job at, like, expressing how you feel. It's just... This is all just kind of, um, it all kind of relates, you know, just going back, looking at a time, which is kind of why, like, I like kind of talking about this because it's kind of like getting it out and kind of 
having these past things kind of come up again so you can refill them at, but then you can refill them and then put them into a different place because you know me talking about them and me getting super like emotional about them means that I haven't really resolved those those things and why it's kind of relating is because I feel like obviously I always dig I always dig for like why this has to be this way and today something super cool happened like so I'm reading like eight books at the same time and the coolest thing about it is uh, I'm learning about this this the creator this Inca creator and it's his name's a lot of people call him Viracucha Viracucha like the spelling is different in like uh, five of the books that I've been reading and the cool thing is that in every single book there's kind of like a little bit of a, a, it's kind of like moves and sways right not every single story is the exact same about him and about how mm -hmm. he created the incas and all of these things and it's cool because i'm just like all right that means that i can kind of take my interpretation from all of these things and kind of make them my own and now going back to this kind of rereading it like this is it yes it happened in the past but now i can take all of these things all of these thoughts all of these emotions and i can kind of make them my own and put them in a certain place yeah because it's kind of like you know uh, i guess like that god um an analogy is i guess from, from what i'm interpreting it is you know like jesus christ right yeah i was thinking about that today. um you know, one person could literally like live by the book of the Holy Bible and do everything right. And what happens, you know, like, let's say that book is lost and that person can't really like, you know, perform everything from top notch down. It's like, so like, blah, blah. the moral of the story is, is that I, I think it's important that, you know, people remember, you know, Jesus Christ for the, the, what he was in general, which was, you know, he was, somebody who <laughs> don't quote me on this coming from somebody who's jewish yeah like <laughs> he is somebody you know who created this list of kind of like ways to live your life if you want to be in heaven in that retrospect right like the bible and just I like you know thou shall you. not i don't know who did jesus i think jesus the was Ten a conduit jesus was a conduit right that jesus was the prophet who who God spoke to and he wrote the Bible. Don't quote me on this, but anyways, if Jesus did write the Bible, say like Moses wrote like the Torah or scribe the Torah anyways, but just like the, these people, these things, I think that it's important to remember them at their core, at their value and what they stood for, which is, you know, living a, a good life, you know, being, being faithful, being honest, you know, doing the right thing, treating with your neighbors with respect, honor and dignity and all that stuff. And, you know, and that's the important thing. It's not about the little nitty gritties of like potentially eating like kosher on X, Y, and Z. Like, yes, it is. It is totally about that. But let's just say you didn't have that book and you lost those kind of teachings along the way. What's the moral mm. of these people and what, why they follow what they follow because when it comes to the ink and civilization these books are kind of the lost they're lost we don't have these fundamental ways that they kind of dictated their life we have yeah. scraps and pieces that we can pull together through research but nothing the way that you know the the bible or the torah or the quran has yeah. And so if you view it like that, then yes, when it comes in the context of reading a book that has multiple versions, interpretations of this person, that's really important because, you know, it, it's, it's, you take from it and you 
use it as knowledge, but you also kind of create your own interpretation of this person. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it because you love it, because you love this I, this this God because of what it represented to the culture that you came from. And how it relates to your life. Exactly. And, f- and the moral is, is that it's for a, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you want, it's like this God is, is brings good things. You know, it, it has valuable teaching lessons, spirituality, you know, understanding oneself. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that that's the moral of it. And how, you know, you do that is kind of up to you and your life and the way you live your life and dictate your life. And I think that's the most important part. Yeah. About like keeping things like that alive, you know? It's like, I'd want, I don't know. It's even weird. It's like Abraham Lincoln, right? Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> like his whole life, get, did a whole bunch of like maybe questionable things. I don't know, like in his life, maybe like the day in and day out. Maybe, I don't know, he talked to another girl and, and he had his wife. I don't know, like little things like that, yeah. right? And then, but what do we remember him for? We remember him for freeing giving African-Americans equal opportunity and making them not slaves anymore. What do you remember him for? Uniting this amazing country, the United States of America, back into a whole, you know, and those big things are like his accomplishments and and, and in these speeches, you know, of, of the Emancipation Proclamation, you know, and all of these teachings that he had, all these like really great ideas. I remember Abraham Lincoln for that. I don't remember him for these nitty gritty things of yeah. like maybe, you know, he did X, Y, and Z bad or, or good or not. Like, cause that's the fundamentals, right? Like the fundamentals of God, right? The fundamentals of Jesus, the fundamentals of, um, Mo- Moses, you know, that's, yeah. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, it makes sense. It makes sense to, to kind of explore the details Sometimes, I mean, it's good to explore the details because what if um, the details are everything that make up the big things, right? And so, you know, like you're talking about maybe he did wrong or maybe he did this. Whatever it is that he did, whatever good, whatever bad he did, led him up to what he's remembered for. And so I guess I, I have to keep remembering that too. You know, it's not, yes, these details matter. And yes, we kind of, for me, I always have to kind of find a place to store them, find a place to, to have the reasoning behind them. And um, I guess it's just kind of this, like an unresolved feeling sometimes, you know, of, of like exploration of what did this mean and why did this happen and things like that. But maybe I'm not making any sense. Maybe I'm just rambling right now. But No, I, d- I definitely think that the details are important. But I guess if you don't have the details. And you owe creating them like on your own. Kind of, in a way. Well, like taking what taking you what have, you have and, and like making your own interpretation of it. Yeah, not yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Because I guess like I'm just trying to kind of relate it to myself too in in this moment because I'm trying honestly right now, I'm just trying to figure out why I have such unresolved feelings about this. But I think it's genuinely because I'm still like deep down that like little kid who's scared, you know, from junior high, from when I was 24 and this happened just scared of of being in that flux of cultures of like being one way around certain people and and too far up or too far down and and not finding that median and now like comparing it to my life now and just saying okay it is this way because of this or not even I guess maybe not even labeling it don't even label it I, I just say you know what I am I am who I am you know 
take take it take it or leave it to a certain extent you know i, I i'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk differently based on where i'm from or in any in any case yeah i just you know really try and just be who i am because like un like kind of i guess i put all of that onto them i don't put it onto me yeah, and I can't, it's not like I can, I would love to go back and find those people. This just, this brings me back to the point yesterday, like, la- last thing to wrap it up. Or even your, even going back to your family and just being like, look, like, is, is it so wrong that I would, I would like, you know, a, a towel to sit on the floor? I would like a chair. Do you have a chair? Because I don't really want to sit on the floor. I know you guys are used to that, but, like, I got a bad back. It hurts my legs. That's, like, I the go opposite of what I, I go, wanted, I go though. numb. But I'm just saying, coming back to your yeah. family, being as true to yourself, like me being true to myself, yeah, that's to my true. family who likes maybe live on the, f- like stays on the floor when they eat or stays on the yeah. floor when they hang out. I'd love to do that, but uh, do you have a chair? Yeah. Like, is that so wrong? Like, I'm trying to be, I'm trying no. to do what works for me. Yeah. That's telling no. you how to live your life. I respect that. But you also need to know that I was, I am different than you, and I'm not subjecting it to me living in a different country. I right. I could live in Peru too, but I could still be different than you. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Sorry, I just don't like sitting on the floor. Like you know, yeah. or sorry, I just don't like eating that kind of chicken. So I'm just gonna go like to Popeyes or something. I'm sorry, I just don't. I'm sorry, I just uh, I tried that once. Ugh. It's like finding that balance of like, do you have to apologize? Well, and I mean, I I'll apologize, but, like, the bottom line is I'm not going to have it. Yeah. Like, so, yes, if you take my apology in and use it as kind of, like, some confectionery stuff to yeah. sugar in the, the me not doing that. Yeah. Yes. But, like, I'm not. It's, like, sorry. Like, that's why the, 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 the sorry, sorry not sorry, sorry is there. Because I'm, like, I'm sorry, but I'm not really sorry. Because I'm, because do I'm it doing it. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, um. yeah. And, and that's kind of, it goes into that, I guess, the more you start to think about that, about, like, what you want. About what makes you happy, and less about what somebody else feels. But that's the number one problem, not knowing. What? Not knowing what makes you happy because you've been like well, such I mean, a like Jesus, a. Jesus, you got ODD. Talking about like a chair. <laughs> Talking about like. Yeah, so, but what happens if it it the problem with that is it leads to to mundane things like the chair. Mm-hmm. When you're genuinely just trying to make everybody happy, you're you're so caught up in thinking about that chair you're so but caught up all? in thinking about the chicken that you are just trying to appease people so much that you don't even know what it is that you want but i don't even know I'm if saying. i want the chair because i don't even know what i want oh my god i know <laughs> that's literally what my mindset was down there i was so confused looking for but I, this it's place. not your mindset now then your mindset now i know but i'm just Which i think that's just... why i don't think i ever dealt with this yo this is like so real and scary to me just thinking about this all over again no i, I that's why i'm just like you. stuck i'm like yo what what was happening i guess my head? view of it is just like the little things all about yeah. the little things in life like vanilla sky it's all about the little things um like for instance the chair right like yeah that's the little thing that's that you, like you don't have to know yourself but you do know that when you sit on the floor your legs go to sleep isn't that knowing yourself? That is knowing yourself, but that's that's knowing a different part of yourself. It's not like saying it's who like am I and what's my and what's my what's my what's purpose my in life. Purpose, no, yeah. don't think about that. You think yeah. about that, you'll just you'll you'll crack. Anyone would crack. But you think about what the things you like now, what what you want to do now, like like you know, uh, you want to go to White Castle. I want to go to White Castle, but you don't because you are craving this. That's the little things. Yeah. That little thing defined you. It defined you. 
Yeah. That's a piece of who you are. Yeah. You decided to go to eat proving food, that piece of proving food and that stylist approving food because that might that just need by one occasion. But how about like in a week or two that I keep going this way and that way and this way, but you still go back to Peru proving food or then you still go to Chick-fil-A food or something, right? So then you just define yourself by these three things when I just kind of went over here and did this. So that defines me. In mm-hmm. this little thing, but this defines you in the, the little decisions that you make every day in your life. Yeah. Will slowly define you who you are. And yeah. thinking about that, not thinking about, oh man, what is this all going to add up to? Yeah. Uh, to keep into mind, but just to like, if, if you're getting to that, oh my God, what? It, <laughs> what do I want to do? Am I hungry? Like, what do I want to do, right? In this very moment right now. Like, yeah. just throw it all away for a second. Like, and these then tiny go from things there. like adding them up. Exactly. Like, I want to draw. Okay, okay, Megan, you want to draw. This is so funny because I literally, like, was having this conversation with myself earlier. Because I have my notebook about, like, what I want to do for Supe for this week, right? Yeah. But it didn't really involve reading eight books at the same time. But because I got so, I am in love with these books, putting all these pieces together. And then I literally found a book where this guy is, literally his brain works like mine, where he was, he was literally combining all of these different gods shamans of like hinduism and god i can't even remember it right now but there was so many so he's combining all these shamans from all over the world and then he was like looking at peru and he's like but i'm comparing this but i don't really understand why this and he's asking so many questions and i was like this book is so intense i can't even read it it's so overwhelming but i was like that's how i think anyways me going back to loving what I'm doing right now. I just, I'm on the floor and I'm sprawled out and these books are everywhere and I have notes everywhere and I'm just loving it. And so I'm just like, yo, I, yeah, I have, I'm supposed to be doing that. What if this like brings something better to, to that thing that I was supposed to do? What if this like helps me get there faster? Because I love doing this so much all of a sudden, I'm just kind of like, okay, I have all of these things to do, but like, let's just ride this wave really quick. Let's just see now where you it know. takes me. And now you know why I like watching these crazy out there movies reading these crazy in-depth stories, creepypastas, you know, reading these crazy in-depth comics of annotations, right? It's all because it's one purpose, right? How can I spark creativity? How can I spark interest? Yeah. How, can I, how, can I, how can I relate these cool concepts to my own craft? And not getting enough of it. And, and not getting enough of it would stagnate you. It would make you kind of things would get stale a little yeah. bit in your own mind maybe not in reality but in your own mind you're like i need to keep this train moving what yeah. else what else think bigger think well just mm. like the other day when we were talking on the drive home and we were talking about how like y- you you just want to you want to be able to like contain more like absorb more and not necessarily being feeling like you're not able to like absorb yeah. more and more and that's like what i kept feeling today like i'm opening this book and i'm like searching for the same word in this book to try to kind of make sense of this. And I'm like, I am so overwhelmed. I'm literally going to need somebody to help put all my notes together. This is so, this is so fun for me. I'm just like, I'm loving this, but yeah, yeah, I feel like I just digressed, but <laughs> no, I think this conversation went to a great, great in depth conversation about life on the, the hinges of, you know, your story about, you know, where you were back then and just unresolved, issues which we were about to go into unresolved issues which the unresolved issues are about like figuring out like how to keep yourself motivated figuring out how to maximize your your mind in the limited time that you have in a daily 
work day, you know, other than your obligations? You know, how do you make time for yourself in terms of trying to figure out your passions of what you really want your life to be? But at the moment, it's not necessarily that much your life, but you want it to be. So how can I use this precious time and get there, you know? And that's what, like, you know, so, you know, anyways, um, (laughs) I definitely love to continue this conversation, but... We got spring. I have to get ready yeah. for a podcast. Uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see where my mind is. That's a good thing. I say podcast. I get ready for a stream. Yes. So. We got to eat. And we got to eat. We got to eat some Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I'm on that Chick-fil-A uh, binge. Yes. Thank you for listening to me ramble on about everything and how I kind of just feel like I'm. Like a like a baby right now, just kind of like exploring all of these fun new like toys and things. So it's just it's been really fun. So knowledge is uh, knowledge is power. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, we will catch you guys next time. Yes. Um, so peace out, guys. Sorry, it's very short. I had this whole spiel plan, but I'm not going to do that because <laughs> you I mean your goodbye. Yes, my rambling of goodbyes. Yeah, but, here um, we are. It's like a Minnesota goodbye. You just can't say bye. Yeah, talk about how you want it to be quick. Flip the peace signs <laughs> and uh, say peace out, guys. We'll see you guys next time on Life of the Last.